Hello and welcome. This is Aspen Talks Health and I am Dr. Nicola Ciso. Today I'm joined with Stacy Tucker. Mm -hmm. She is a former uh, founder of Almeida Labs and a former trauma nurse and we will be discussing how to live longer. Super exciting. Yeah. Welcome. Hi, thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So you did a study with Dr. Rudy Tanzi and Deepak Chopra. Rudy is a researcher at the Harvard University and was one of the um, discovered the first genes for Alzheimer's, correct? Yes. Yeah. And Deepak Chopra, of course, is a longtime researcher and goes more in the spirituality realm of things, but needs yeah. no introduction. But right. you, guys, you guys all did a study together and it showed how um, Ayurveda, nutrition, movement, and meditation contribute to longevity. Can you share yeah. a little bit about that study? Yeah, so um, the study is the Self-Directed um, Biological Transformational Study, um, SBTI, Self-Directed something, you know, SBTI. Anyway, it's a transformational study where um, we took about 120 participants and essentially went through a program where we utilized Ayurvedic principles for our nutrition, as well as meditation and yoga. And uh, really to see how does that impact the healthy aging brain? How does that impact the, um, you know, overall health of of an individual in longevity, and uh, we're able to get some some positive results with that. That really has guided, um, I think, a lot of a lot of people into really embracing more of a holistic lifestyle and how important mind, body, spirit actually really is woven together. Right, yeah. right. What were some of the takeaways? Oh gosh, um, for me personally, because yeah. I actually participated in the um, study, was um, I think the reason I really wanted to be involved in it is because I've had a yoga practice my entire life and have studied Ayurveda, but also as a Western trained medical uh, professional, really um, growing up studying yoga and whatnot, I really never knew whenever I was actually working with patients in the hospital how much I actually was applying my Eastern understanding mm -hmm. of care giving. So for me, that's one of the major reasons why the, the study resonated. And I thought, okay, this is finally, like we're gonna get, get somewhere. This is the kind of research that really is gonna make an impact. And so the takeaway that in fact, yes, you know what, having a healthy lifestyle where we, we eat um, really with what's aligned with our, our body, um, our, our doshas, um, a constitution, if you will, um, and then you know, having a, a mindfulness practice or meditation um, or even self-care self or just something that really gets us out of our mind and into our body and quiets things down uh, makes such a, such a difference. Um, mm -hmm. along with the, you know, eating the right nutrition. Wow. So. I didn't know you were actually in the study itself. It's, mm -hmm. Did they give yeah. you, did you have a strict kind of regimen or how, how did it flow? Yes. Yeah, so essentially um, we intake was what's your dosha, identifying, you know, Vata Pitta Kapha, right. which is the, the Ayurveda. Ayurveda. Yeah. And then um, we went through kind of, you know, did some research. We had labs drawn. We had... Um, Fecal, fecal yeah. um, samples done, yeah. 
and uh, we wore heart monitors to see how that actually um, heart rate variability and what what happened to get really strong baselines. Wow. Um, so it was really important to be a part of, of the research and it was conducted with um, major universities like Harvard, Scripps, Stanford, UCSD, um, I think Cleveland Clinic as well. Um, so. Wonderful. Yeah. So, did the heart rate change during the meditation? Was there any? Did you? Was there noticeable changes? At it, some? it does definitely. And then this this particular one, we didn't actually see that. It was a monitor that was placed on us where they just took the data. Got it. So we didn't actually get to see that, but it, it does work. Yeah. We for know there's sure. so many research studies that have been done on that, um, and so Wonderful. it actually does work. Wonderful. Yeah. That's an interesting study. So yeah. tell us about um, methylation. You know a lot about this subject. Uh, methylation. Yes. Wow. Okay. So how do we weave it all together, I think, is mm -hmm. really um, is what's, what's so fascinating for me. Taking the Eastern, the Western, mind, body, spirit, and then the big takeaway, honestly, from the SBTI for me is as a Westerner, as much as I love Ayurveda and I have my own practice, I'm a Westerner. Yeah. I'm not from India. So um, how do we Westernize this, this? How do we create a language where we can really um, educate everyone about um, how important nutrition, movement, and mindfulness actually is. So it's really important to have a healthy diet. Right. It is important to have self-care or something that gets you out of your mind, whether it's breathing, running, I don't care, um, exercising. So we don't have to use the, the, the Eastern Ayurvedic language necessarily. We can use other terms that, that are sometimes more receivable from you know, someone from a Western perspective. Right. My passion is nutrition. It's something that's always been relevant. And for me, methylation essentially is, um, and I simplify everything. As a, as a trauma nurse, I'm, I typically am just pretty much down and dirty and just get in there and simplify things um, because that's what people understand. We don't yeah. need to be you know, overly complicated in how we communicate sometimes. So right. methylation is, to me, in my, how I, uh, from my perspective, is how we convert our food to energy for our body to utilize. Simple. It's very simple in a way that creates a balance that um, really mitigates some of our chronic health care states. Um, we're seeing see more and more people that their methylation is out of rhythm. Mm. Um, I don't know if there's the MTHFR genetic mutation. I don't know. Um, there's, there's a lot of information, a lot of people being diagnosed with that right now. And methylation is a key, key variable with with that that rhythm. Um, so, hmm. so can you? Some people will respond to the same foods differently, basically. Right. And they'll be able to either get more energy out of it and or less. Correct. How do you know where how where you fall on that scale if you're over or under methylating? Right. So um, the best way is to have lab work done. And okay. first of all, to A, identify that you, in fact, have the MTHFR. Now, that's just one, one gene. It, uh, it, I'm sure there are more because, right. to the best of my knowledge, um, we're humans. And therefore, um, stress 
could potentially trigger anyone to not be able to convert their food correctly? Do they have digestive issues from the gut, from you know maybe having too many antibiotics? So they're not even able to absorb the food. Um, so whether they have the MTHFR or not, their, their body's out of sync, so there's the malabsorption issue. Um, so then, with that, the kind of lost my train of thought no, here. That's fine. Um, but how can you tell if you're uh, under if you're over? Oh, under over, yeah. So um, with methylation and the MTHFR, a lot of times the side effects, the symptomology of what people exhibit, are. Um, I want to be very cautious in how I say this, but it's common knowledge that it's mental health. Okay. It's mental health issues that come up. Um, Interesting. You had mentioned anxiety versus anxiety. depression. Right, right. So essentially the lineup is, and there's so much more. There's your autism, ADD, ADHD, anxiety, depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, addiction. Those are some of the big ones. Right. However, if we look at those um, diagnoses along the continuum, if we look at, say, ADD, ADHD, you know, anxiety, bipolar versus schizophrenia, one's a little bit more hyper, one has the, the, uh, the depression, okay. so anxiety and depression, so there's an under or an over methylation, and based on your body and potentially whichever genetic mutation that you have, hmm. you're going to have one or the other. So to be considered an undermethylator, typically the symptomology with that is going to be more of anxiety. Whereas an overmethylator, you're going to exhibit uh, potentially more of a depression state. Interesting. So yeah. if, I would almost think it's reverse. So if you're burning more, you're anxious? Well, that, if you're under, if you're, so if you're burning less, you're anxious. If you're burning less, so because the toxins build up in your body. Okay. So you you have the oxidative stress. You have the 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 buildup of hmm. of toxins essentially. So you're building up. So you're not you're burning so much, and it's releasing so much that you're actually not able to excrete. get excrete. Exactly. Huh. Yeah, because it's a buildup. Fascinating. Yeah. How, um, what can you do about it to become more balanced in really, either direction? It, so it's nutrition. So then okay. we go back to, you know, the hot topic is gut health. Right. Well, it's real, but in a very simple way. If our gut isn't healthy and we're not able to absorb our nutrients, right. then guess what? We're going to get, our system's going to be out of balance. So first and foremost, and this is for under or over methylation, we really need to balance the gut health. Okay. We really need to address that with your probiotics and mm -hmm. then, you know, really, you know, introducing foods that are, you know, high in antioxidants, um, adaptogens, um, anything that's going to really support the oxidative stress and allow the body to get, you know, heal really and get back mm -hmm. into an algorithm that supports detoxification and, uh, you know, releasing free radicals and whatnot. Right. Then after that, if in fact there is a diagnosis of a methylation, then there's it's other foods, right. folate, your bees, B12 specifically. Mm. Um, a lot of times um, there's folic acid versus folate. Right. Folic acid. So for me, I, folic acid scares me a little bit. And it's prescribed to mothers. It's, 
Right, <laughs> during pregnancy. Right. So you take a mother, and stress, I want to just backtrack really yeah, quick because please. this is really important because stress is a trigger as well. Okay. So not only are we dealing with the nutrition, the gut's absorption, we're dealing with stress layered on top of that, which is one of the major triggers to get it out of rhythm, hmm. to get the methylation out of sync. So you have a pregnant mom. Who knows? Maybe she's a young mom. Maybe who knows what the, the circumstances are. And she's not methylating correctly that fetus is actually not methylating correctly either. Huh. So epigenetically, it's actually impacting the fetus. Makes sense. And so newborns are sometimes born with out of like with copper toxicity. Wow. Huh. So it's it's fascinating what um, you know the, the, how science is actually we're discovering all of these things right and so for me this is the exciting part so back to even the SBTI it's like wonderful okay great we have this information we know that these work for for longevity but the world that we're living in now is so stressful you know what what moms are, are managing I was very fortunate my mother was a voracious reader of s spiritual thought information. She worked at a, 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 a spiritual literature book bindery in Kansas City whenever she was pregnant with me. So she was a vegetarian, daily meditator. Yeah. I mean, had this amazing um, practice. And to for, I feel so fortunate because that's the lifestyle that I was shown. But the world that we're living in now is so different. And so these, you know, young, young moms or moms in general just because of the environment, whether it's environmental stress, emotional stress of the home environment, mm. whatever the case may be, um, it really the mental health that post think all the postpartum depression. Right. Well, that's a that's related to methylation. Interesting. Yeah, they're already born, you know, so that it's passed on to the the fetus. Right. And then yeah. add on to that the nutrition of people are not eating enough fruit, which is provides the fiber for the healthy bacteria to grow. Right. And and your vegetables, veg, eating vegetables has become a rarity. Right. Uh, we've gone so much towards processed foods, which have preservatives, which our, our microbiome can't feed on. No. So, Not at all. Right. And then, then to even add another layer for me is I, I, you know, I'm concerned about the fact that our soil is depleted of its nutrients. Therefore, our food doesn't mm -hmm. have nearly as many, um, you know, nutrients for us as well. Right. So, um, not being a fan of supplementation, I have humbled myself to saying, okay, well, yeah, maybe, maybe I think there are times where supplementation actually does support an individual while maybe they're figuring out how to eat better right. or in addition to in addition Correct. to right right but it's Not always food never right no Good. it's it's education we have to we have to learn you know really how to to eat again there's so many gmos and yeah um it's a it's a whole science right and we have to figure out that's know. true but it's actually so, easy if you just think about it you eat what grows out of the land that's how we came out here with every utensil we need. And these, this is to pick. It's right? to pick off trees, to pick from the land. Yeah. And that gives you everything you need. Yeah. It's quite simple, actually. It really is. And here's a fun, <laughs> a fun tip that I, yeah. I was taught when I was young. Please. Um, 
apparently if you take the seeds of plants, fruits, vegetables, or what have you, and you, um, you know, you're inclined to have your own garden, mm -hmm. if you actually put the seeds in your mouth and you hold them in your saliva for like 10 minutes okay. and then plant them, essentially you imprint those seeds with your DNA. Wow. Uh-huh. And so then whenever you eat those, um, you know, whatever, whatever you've grown, apparently it um, is specific for you. Wow. It was an old wives' tale or farmer's tale, but, but actually... it makes sense. Like, that's how they do the 23andMe, right? You take a swab of your... Mm -hmm. So that gets soaked in. Yeah. Wow, I yeah. love that. So this is the fun, the fun things, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. Texting pictures of people sucking uh -huh. on seeds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell me about chelation. So that's the opposite kind of methylation, right? One is breaking down. Right. So actually it's, um, for me, the chelation and I, I explain things from a very, like I always go back to a very simple. So then the chelation process is then how does our body actually, is it able to process the toxins? Right. So it's, you know, heavy metal. A lot of people are heavy metal toxic now. Mercury, we hear a lot about mercury and lead and what have you. So if we're not methylating correctly, if our food isn't able to work correctly, then essentially we're not going to be able to then chelate correctly and excrete the toxins because it, and they build up in our body. Mm. So it's like this really... Um, just the body's so intelligent. Um, but I always go back to the gut. Right. So first of all, if we cannot get anything, it's, it's just like, what are, what are we doing here? Our gut's not working, so right. you know, what are we doing here? So what's the solution? What's the solution? I believe nutri-education. Okay. Um, I'm pretty bold. I'm, being, I'm relatively conservative right now, but um, I feel personally that um, there's an entire new educational process that needs to happen within our healthcare system. I left working um, institutional medicine about a decade ago wow. because I wasn't able to, um, let me say, I wasn't able to care for my patients in a way that I knew was safe because I was seeing a lot of things happen within the hospitals where I didn't feel people were safe. Wow. And so um, I made a choice to leave, and I was pregnant with my second child. And knowing what I know about um, pregnancy and the stress, I was like, I'm not putting my child through this. Right. And um, so what do we do? Um, one of the main things that concerns me is that, um, and I, I'd be curious from your, your training and knowledge, um, I understand that a lot of doctors don't really even have nutrition courses right. in medical school. I'm not medical. I'm holistic. I know. <laughs> I, know. My, I know. My whole trip, I have a PhD uh -huh. in holistic nutrition. So that's right? pretty much what we studied. Right. Uh, so, and, but yeah. this is the reality yeah. is that doctors, nurses, yeah. I'll speak as a nurse. I took a one hour nutrition course in college. Wow. One credit hour wow. nutrition course. Huh. So it, it's just not, wow. it's not something that's really being practiced no. um, mainstream. Right. And because I want to look at the mainstream because that's the majority of our, our, of our world. These are the people that really need it. We're very fortunate. You know, someone who yeah. can have a functional medicine doctor that, that, that does have the education. But that, that's not normal. Right. That's still in a very small 
percentage. Yeah. So how do we create an affordable health care model? How do we start educating doctors, nurses, nutritionists, you know, registered dietitians that really a whole food, plant-based diet is really a quick, quick mm-hmm. answer to mitigating and stabilizing someone that's in a proliferation phase of a disease process. Yeah. Yeah, it is fast, too. The body heals so quickly. Like that. Yeah, within days, you notice your energy goes to the roof, you start losing weight, any excess, and you start cleaning out the gut. That is the most important, as you know. Right. Yeah. And and it's sad. I mean, it really saddens me because I find that that I, the people question, um, you know, I've had discussions where um, that people have been pretty rude quite Hmm. honestly, whenever it's like, wait a minute, no, this really works. But because of the FDA or whatever governing bodies are present, they're not really allowed to look at things sometimes this way. Yeah. I read a great quote yesterday. It was, there are two kinds of cardiologists, vegans and those who haven't read the data. Right? I was like, that is genius. Right? It's yeah. so true. Yeah. I mean, oh, there's, yeah, it's, <laughs> right? And the, the neat thing, even though if, if you don't want to be a vegan, hmm. fine. But the thing is, if you have a primarily whole food, plant-based diet, then you can actually eat meat and you don't have the issues, the toxins. Um, right. It's the uh, three times a day that gets you. It, it really does. It's congestion. It right. creates mucus. You know, um, big fan of the mucusless diet. Um, how we actually, you know, it, it creates vulnerability in the body. Yeah. Why um, does it create mucus? Do you know? It. Um, it's an inflammatory response. It's inflammatory response. Yeah. Right. And wherever the the body isn't able to process process, and so it just creates congestion. Yeah. And therefore, a vulnerability for a disease state to start. Um, creeping in, whether it's diabetes, cardiovascular disease, which they're all they're all related. Right. Um, you know, for me, it always goes back to the gut, hormone, endocrine system, and insulin resistance. Hmm. You know, whether it's the liver, fatty liver, it's right. You know, it's all linked together. Right. Systems, systems, biology. You mentioned to me on the phone yesterday that fat stores trauma. Can you mm-hmm. share a little bit about that? Okay. So we can go back to the Ayurvedic Please. principle. Um, but also even Western. Think about when we get stressed out, our cortisol levels go up, fight, flight, freeze. Typically, cortisol levels go up, we start packing on the pounds. Well, why our cortisol levels go up typically is because we're under stress. Right. Therefore, from a psychosomatic expression of stress, makes sense that we would store said stress in our adipose tissue. Hmm. So in Ayurveda... The process of panchakarma is where um, it's a cleanse. That's why cleanse seasonally is really important, where we can actually get a reboot. But um, we take herbs, purified butter, ghee, mm. and it actually binds with, with the adipose, and it's excreted out of the body through this detox process. Mm. So it's a very gentle way of detoxing. And I can you speak from my perspective is... Um, what makes the most sense for me is a lot of times people have trauma and they go to talk therapy. And they'll be in talk therapy for years and years and years. 
And essentially, every time they talk about that experience, they then are re they're they're creating that traumatic experience again, and the body doesn't even realize yeah. that the trauma isn't right then, right now, even though it was a decade ago. Wow. So um, with that, you know weight loss, so whether it's doing high-impact interval training, you know, anything that really gets your lymphatics clearing and getting, you know, reduction of, of fat really um, is actually one of the ideal ways to actually heal trauma. Interesting. How I've learned to do detoxes is through green juices because then you're getting the nutrients without the fiber and you're not digesting anything and the body can take all of that energy that it would go towards digesting uh -huh. towards uh, detoxifying the cells and automatically you start losing the fat as well. Right. So, so that's what I was taught, but there are, mm -hmm. of course, different modalities. There, there are, right? So yeah. that's why it's like, okay, we've got Ayurveda, we've got, you know, juicing and, you yeah. know, I'll, I water fast. So I'll, I'll just not, I'll drink water for three days straight. Wow. Because it, it reboots the immune system. One day a week, all I do is drink water hmm. to allow for the body to just relax. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's you know, amazing what it, that, that reset does. My yeah. friend is into that, and he loves it. He's yeah. full of energy by the end of the day. And he <laughs> says it takes 24 hours. Mm -hmm. If you quit after, like, 16 hours, you don't get the effects. But 24 hours, he's, like, on fire. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And the interesting thing is this is what I watched my grandmother do. Wow. So this isn't new information. Hmm. People think this is, like, like Right. No, it's it's not. No, yeah, fasting has been forever. Uh, yeah. So we only have a couple minutes left, and I really want to touch on your Almeda Labs and what you're doing there. Okay. Please share, and also yeah. um, some diabetes tips. So. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, Almeda Labs. Yes. Um, Almeda actually is my grandmother. My grandfather. Oh, uh, right? I love that. Isn't it? It's, it's funny. So come full circle, speaking of my grandmother, my grandfather was a diabetic, and she was able to um, really, as a partner, really support him and he had a very healthy lifestyle because she fed him the right foods hmm. and uh, really taught me so much and it's funny because like now retrospectively I'm like oh my gosh I was taught I, I grew up doing this so right. obviously I would have um, a company that is working in the arena of diabetes hmm. um, so I actually have a an all amino acid based uh, blend that actually gets about a 99% proliferation rate. What does that mean? Uh, increase in insulin production. Oh, wow. So proliferation is an increase. Great. So um, we um, developed it about two years ago, went through extensive research, and we're getting, like I said, a, about a 9900% proliferation rate of insulin production out of the islet cells. So for anyone who has type 2 diabetes, related to back to this malnourishment, right. it can really support the pancreas and decrease the A1C. So I've had people with type 1 diabetes, type 2 diabetes, and um, really it's just an overall support for the pancreas. Yeah, type 1, if you catch them early enough where they're still producing a small amount, might be really effective. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what's happening. So there's a lot more 1.5, 1 1.5 1 mm -hmm. being diagnosed. However, we have a whole system where we have a product that, A, addresses the microbiome, probiotics, and then essentially reboots with superfoods, adaptogens. And then we have a, a liquid multivitamin alkaline blend that is great for methylation support. 
Then we have a fat metabolizer, hence to address the adipose. Right. And then we have one that is target specific to the pancreas. And I actually, um, I'm in constant contact with um, a gentleman that um, was just diagnosed with new diabetes 1.5. And lo and behold, he was in the 400s. He's down, he, had, he was 107 the other day. Wow, fantastic. And so it's, to your point, actually being caught right now yeah. And he's been he's gone on a whole food plant based diet. Good. He still likes to eat his meat. However, and he's not and he's not exercising. Right. And he started the system and um he's considered I mean he's I would say he's stable. Right. Still diabetic, absolutely. Will he put need insulin at some point? You know, realistically. You yeah. know, it is what it is, but it's fantastic. Amazing. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, but we're so out of time, yeah. but I am so grateful oh. that you joined us. And Thank you. as always, check out AspenTalksHealth.com and we'll have your contact information and Almeida Labs there, a link for you guys so Great. people can check out your products. And Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. My pleasure. <laughs> Take care. Thanks.